Tequila! No, it's not tequila. Oh, sorry. It's American Brews and Tunes. Ooh. Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song, just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. shibbity beep Wow, thanks for joining us. My name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. And this is another fun episode of American Brews and Tunes. Yeah, another one-off episode, in fact. Episode number 48, and this week we will be reviewing one album and trying one beer. Oh, yeah. Who are we we reviewing this week, Jesse? Uh, We're going to be looking at the Weaker Thans album called Reconstruction Site. Oh. Yeah. That sounds like a good album. (laughs) Oh, okay. But we'll come back to that album in a minute. Shall we talk about the beer? We shall. Now, uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the Weaker Thans, they are a Canadian band, so we thought maybe we should try a Canadian beer. Yeah, they're based in in Winnipeg. Yes. And uh, the beer's not from Winnipeg, but it is from Canada. It's from Chambly. I don't know where that is. Uh, QC. I believe that's Quebec. Maybe. You decide. I'm assuming so. (laughs) Anyways, uh, anyway. the, the beer that we're having, like we said, it's Canadian. It's from a brewery called uh, Unibrow. Or Unibro? Unibro? I don't know how to Unibrew? say it. Unibrew? I don't know how to say Unibrew? Uni, Unibrew? You Uni- tried one of these on the podcast before, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. That was a different one. I had the Trois Pesto. Or whatever it was called. I think it was yeah. what it was. And we've had one from them before called Le Fin du Monde. Le Fin du Monde. Whatevs. Um... <laughs> But they normally do Belgian-style beers, and yeah. they usually have a French title. The yeah. title of this one is A, tu- a Taut Le Monde. <laughs> or A Tout Le Monde. Which, my, uh, shout out to Emily Titus, my sister, who knows how to speak French. She told me it means to everyone. So, so she says. So she yeah. says. I believe her. <laughs> I believe her, too. This is a dry-hopped Belgian-style Saison ale. Yeah, and I believe saison means season. I believe so. It's the farmhouse ale. Yes, from Belgium. So, <laughs> so anyway, I'm kind of excited to try this. Um, and just uh, for everybody's edification, on the on the uh, sticker on this bottle, it the has label. Yeah, the label. Yeah, it says Megadeth, and apparently, I believe the lead singer uh, from Megadeth and one of the brewers at this brewery are connected somehow. Uh, that's just what the the box the beer came in said. Oh, so I believe the box. Why would they lie? Yeah, why would they lie? What yes, is? Uh, why would they lie? What is the uh, one saying? We're not saying the uh, old adage is that people believe things that are printed, like no matter what. Yeah, if it's printed, it must it's be printed, true. It must be true. If it's yeah. on TV or the internet, it must be true. Yeah. So this must be true. So it says, and so it goes. So I believe that is also a saying. Uh, so it says, so it goes. Comme c'est comme ça. Ouais. Oh, comme c'est comme ça. Ouais. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Je suis comme c'est comme ça. <laughs> um, Je m'appelle Stephen. Oh. Oh. Je m'appelle Jesse. Or as a French, like Bonjour. there's a French version of Stephen. It's Je m'appelle Etienne. Etienne. Yeah. Ouais. Oui. Anyway, yeah, let's, uh, enough, enough French. let's get back to uh, trying this beer. Yeah, uh, we're going to crack it open and let you guys know. Yeah, this, these are these are coming to us in bottles. Um, it's coming to us at 4.5% alcohol by volume, so not too so much. Nice kind of a drinking, low-gravity kind of beer. Easy, kind of an easy drinker, so that'll be nice. I'm going to quickly crack mine and then hand the bottle opener over to Steve. Ooh. Oh, no! 
Wow. It's going everywhere. Jesse's beer is floor. foaming absolutely everywhere. You guys probably heard that. <laughs> wow, you need a paper towel. I'm really nervous to open mine now. Were you... uh, we're going to pause the episode real quick. Yeah, we'll so pause the episode so Jesse can clean it. And then can open his outside. <laughs> See you in a minute. <laughs> well, we're back. We uh, we got the the beer pouring under control. For a second, I thought maybe Jesse was just an amateur at opening beer bottles. But then when I opened my beer bottle over the sink, it did the exact same thing. It foamed up real bad. Yeah, but then the interesting thing was that it poured really easily. Yeah, so, since it foamed up so much during the, the unbottling or the, whatever you call it, the uncapping. Uncapping, yeah. Uh, I thought maybe it would be really foamy when we poured it, but it poured very gently. Yeah, and interesting. We, we now have two uh, pint glasses full of, of beer. Full of beer. And it's a, a nice hazy straw color, I would say. Yeah, I think so. It's not a, a as necessarily if, see-through. As if we were... In the saison, in the field, right out of the farmhouse, harvesting wheat. I uh, maybe, <laughs> but, or, or we're in Nashville, <laughs> recording a podcast and trying <laughs> some beers. You decide. I will decide. I decide that we're in a farmhouse. Well, uh, my observational skills tell me you're wrong. <laughs> but uh, you know, maybe it's all happening in your head. But fiction, why on earth should that fact. mean that it's not real? Oh. oh. Dumbledore. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's uh, let's say we give these a try. Yeah. And also, real quick side note, you guys, um, we are trying out some new microphones this episode. We yes. probably should have said this a little earlier. Um, before we used to use just one microphone. Now we're using two. Yep. Um, they're of better quality, and we kind of upped our whole system. So hopefully, it sounds better. Um, if you so desire, let us know if you think it sounds better. Yeah, let us know. You know, just hopefully give us some good feedback. From from what we've heard so far, I mean, like what we listened to. It, it should, should be better, but, yeah. you know, you guys let us know. Anyway, if you Anyways. are also enjoying a brew while listening to this, yeah, cheers along with us. Raise your glass and cheers with the magic word. Ship it a beep a Mmm. Well, that's nice. That's a really good beer. It yeah. tastes very... It's real tasty. Very balanced. Not as herby or spicy as some other sizes that I've normally yeah. had. But, it um, has, but it's really it does, nice. It has all those 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 profiles though. Oh, it's there. It's just it's all more subtle. Would, yeah, all the all the profiles you'd expect from a Belgian beer. I've had the some saisons that are really spicy, almost mm-hmm. too spicy. I've had some yeah. saisons that yeah, I yeah. thought were gross. And you've also had I've also had I don't know if you have, but I have had other saisons that are all way too bubbly too. Yep. And this I one, have. even though it exploded whenever I opened it. It's not exploding with flavor. It's subtle, but it's delicious. But it's also not that bubbly. No, the mouth feels very nice. Yeah. Maybe that had a little to do with the the foaming, but who knows? It's a really good beer. I'm happy with this. It is, yeah. Yeah. Tastes pretty good. Would you get it again? Uh, Yeah. So would I. Really? Well, I guess you have to have it again because you purchased a four-pack. I have purchased a four-pack, yeah. Uh, You won't be disappointed, at least, I suppose. Yeah. I'll be be happy to drink it. As always, if... uh, our perceptions of the beer change as it warms up. We'll let you know otherwise. Uh, let's delve into the music, shall we? Sounds good. So, like we said before, we are reviewing an album called Reconstruction Site by a band, the week by, uh, by a band called, <laughs> a band called the, weaker the Weaker Thans. Yes, the band is called the Weaker Thans. Yeah, and they are Canadian, like we said before, from Winnipeg. Yes, from Winnipeg. And they started out from the uh, the the original bass player and. Uh, kind of singer from Propagandy. Yeah. He recorded their first two albums, and after their second album, Less Talk, More Rock, uh, they kind of had some 
drastic art artistic differences that could yeah. not be reconciled. Yeah. Uh, propaganda was getting heavier and more political and John K. Sampson wanted some softer music that was much more introspective. Yeah. So they parted ways and John K. Sampson started the Weaker Dance. Yep. Um, and boy, am I glad that he did. I'm glad too. Uh, Reconstruction Site is their third album and it came out in 2003. Um, my experience with Weaker Dance, uh, I had known about them because Frank Turner had covered uh, two of their songs, but I hadn't right. really paid too much attention to them. Until Jonathan Diener, the former drummer of the Swellers, oh, yeah. he posted an article about uh, like alternative styles of music and getting into them. And he mentioned that uh, a plea from a cat named Vertute yeah. by the Weaker Thans is a good jumping in place. Hmm. So I listened to that. I was like, this song's great. And that's on this album. And th- that, Yes, that's on yeah. this album. And then I listened to another song by them called Aside. And I was like, this song's greater. <laughs> Uh, and then I, I uh, delved into all their music, and, and yeah. I, I think they're a great band. Yeah, and I think the first time that I heard them was, was whenever we covered Aside. Because you, you uh, hadn't heard them, I was like, let's play this song in yeah, a band. Yeah, and I was like, who is that? I was like, And then I listened good. to the song, I was like, that's pretty darn good. Yeah. And we covered this that song with uh, Nathan Shoup. Yeah, and our band Cup of Shoup. Yeah, and <laughs> Kenny Van Duzer. KVD. KVD played the yeah. drums, and Shoup played the bass. In the band Cup of Shoup. It was dope. Yeah, it was. Anyways, um, this is a, a pretty good album, I'd say, in general. Yeah. Um, Reconstruction Site. Um, if any of you are familiar with their last two albums bef- before this, this takes a slight departure from their sound. They kind of add a little bit more folk and country sound, I'd say. Not yeah. in every song by, by any stretch of the imagination, but it's there in a few songs, which I don't think was really present before. Mm-hmm. Um, the folk a little bit, but I think they expand on that more here. Yeah, I would say so, too. Yeah. And John K. Sampson expands as a writer. Mm-hmm. He was already a great writer to begin with, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, so let's just lay that groundwork. Yeah. John K. Sampson is a great songwriter. Uh, he's also a poet. Um, so all of his words Don't are... Don't you know it? Don't you know it, eh? He's a, uh, so he's a poet, so he's, his words are all chosen uh, specifically, like for a purpose. Another side note. I just <laughs> took a second sip from the beer, Yeah, and I am tasting some sour notes now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, it is, I think I know what you're talking there's about. There's a little bit of a tartness coming through that I didn't pick up originally, so I just wanted to let you guys know Yeah, that the, uh, what's this beer called? Atou Lemon does have a slight tart characteristic. It's very slight, though. Yes, very slight, but it's there. Yeah. Shall we delve into this album? We shall. All right, so the very first song is in parentheses, the title. It's called Manifest. Yep. I gave it five out of five, and it's my honorable mention. Okay, I gave it four to five, and I honorable um, mentioned it. This is the first in a, a set of three songs that go together thematically, musically, and just in a whole bunch of structurally. Yep. Um, each song is about a terminally ill patient, uh, just in different steps, thinking about life. Yeah. Um spirituality, the aftermath after he passes away. Yeah. Um, so they're all connected, all these three songs, and they come out through like the pretty much the start, like the first song, um, the first song on the second side of the album, if you have a record, and the very last song are all the three songs. Yeah. All of them have their titles in parentheses to set them apart. Uh, they each have the same vocal melody, mm-hmm. and they're each 14 lines long in iambic pentameter. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, except for one line, he doesn't do the first syllable in the iambic pentameter. Just in one line during one of the songs, but other than that, everything's iambic pentameter. Huh. So uh, he wrote these songs as poems first, yeah. and then fit them to music. Interesting. Um, this this one's my favorite. Uh, the first out of the three It is pretty awesome yeah. um, because the, it almost sounds like a like a 
hopeful march yeah with the drums and then there's a trumpet at the end that are really awesome yeah and the very last line um if, and i'm permitted one act i can save i choose to sit here next to you and wave yeah so he's talking about like he's he's gonna die it's this terminally ill patient he's like i can take one memory with me and it's i'm gonna sit here next to you and wave yeah so there's a little bit of hope so after that line it, it gives you a little bit of comfort i would yeah, say comfort I would comfort say too, in yeah. knowing that the death is coming but having that uh, those happy memories the joy the joy the happiness well moving on to track number two yeah uh track number two is called the reasons and i gave it four out of five i gave it five out of five and recommended it wow yeah i know well why did you recommend it <laughs> i like it so the reason that i like it so much is because of uh one specific line uh the is line... it the chorus yeah the last line in the chorus well that's I don't know pretty much the, the whole line. chorus yeah isn't the whole it? chorus but uh, that's my favorite part he says i know you might roll your eyes at this but I'm so glad that you exist. Yeah, what a nice like sentiment. Um, yeah, and and one of the other, uh, I think one of the other lines in it is in where he says, "And we know who we should love, but we're never quite certain how, or we're never certain how." Yeah. To like express that, so I feel like that line, "I know you you might roll your eyes at this, but I'm so glad you exist," is like Just a good saying. Like a good sometimes people way have expressing that. Sometimes people have difficulty expressing um, their emotions towards others like positive emotions yeah so like if you try and say it to someone they're like oh come on man mm-hmm. um i th- when i was first thing like reading the lyrics and trying to figure out what the song's about i thought it was a love song but the more i thought about it i, th- I don't think it's a love song i think it's just yeah. appreciating someone else, someone else yeah. like for true companionship any anybody really yeah because i don't think it I, I could be wrong i don't know i don't know what john k sampson specifically yeah. had in mind but in, in my interpretation it's just being able to express your emotions for a true companion. Yeah. Yeah. Great yeah, song. And that's that's the reason. I like the that reasons. song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on to track number three. Yep. Uh, it's the title track, so it's called Reconstruction Site. Yep. I give it four out of five. Yeah, five out of five and recommended it. Oh, two recommendations in a row. In a what, row. Eh? Um, this could be about the same person that that set of three songs is about. The person could who's be, yeah. uh, terminally ill and, and um, yeah, getting ready I think, to die. I think it is, yeah. It's, it's like from his perspective. That's what I think. They don't come out right and say it, but I think it is. Yeah. Um, I, I feel safe in saying that. Though yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah. You never know, eh? Um, so now I want to bring up that uh, video, that, that interview with John K. Sampson. Or sure, bring it up. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Steve shared a video uh, with me of John K. Sampson talking at a uh, a college. He was like giving a seminar Q and yeah, A seminar kind of type, type deal. Thing. Yeah. Um, but it during that was an English class, and the professor, based on the way he was kind of quoting him and quoting him and introducing him. him, he he seemed like he had these series of seminars where he brought in artists, yes. yeah, or like, novelists, yeah. writers. Poets, all kind of different people. Else. So he brought in John K. Sampson for this literary, seminar. Literary figures. Yeah. Um, and during that uh, during that interview or seminar, uh, John K. Sampson talked about there's like about this tension between beauty and functionality. Yep. Uh, and I think this song kind of brings that to light. So this hospital man, um, he's talking about all these different parts in his life that like he remembers fondly. And at one point, uh, he's, he says, beauty's just another word. I'm never certain how to spell. Mm-hmm. And then directly after that, he says, go tell the nurse to turn the TV back on. Mm-hmm. So two things are in that, in like that phrase. The idea of what beauty is, which is a, a vast 
range that is, I don't know, not really set in stone. It's a construct. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's set in stone. Ooh. Right, what's the one thing? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder? I don't know. What if you're blind? <laughs> it's the inner beauty. <laughs> it's the inner beauty, man. I, yeah, I'm um, just being a goofball. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, yeah, I think that, I think that line shows the tension between that. Cause like he's, as he's in the hospital, contemplating like what, what beauty is. And then he's like, put the TV yeah, back but he's on. Like, just watch the TV. Like yeah. something that functions that, you know, yeah. works that, you know, functions well. And then he also just, he just reflects on like random instances. Yeah. Like that. He thinks about like his body as like a bad joke at a wedding, but then he's like, remembers a specific event at a wedding. Yeah. And like thinks about this little kid who's hiding on a table. Yeah. But then uses that to ponder like the meaning of life also. Kind yeah. Of. So it's it's weird. He, it's yeah. So this is where his uh, John K. Sampson's like very good writing. Very style. very good writing mm-hmm. style. Yeah. Yeah. Where you kind of have big to questions the and specific events and all kind of things that might not be as deep if you gl- gloss over them. Yeah. Yeah. But I think uh, um, I just want to bring up one other point here real quick before I move on. Bring it up. That that uh, through all the weaker than songs, uh, I believe. John K. Sampson has a really good ability of towing the line between beauty and functionality, like super well, like having these really big metaphorical ideas, but also talking about like everyday, like, uh, what's the word? Tactile things. Yeah. Small things. Yeah. And this song definitely exemplifies that. This song definitely exemplifies that. So I think if you go and listen to this album or any other album, you're going to find that thread throughout Mm -hmm. all of the Weaker Than's albums. Yeah. And that's why I like that song so much. It's a very good song. It is. I just but didn't think it because I think the, the, the writing is great. It's just, I think there's other songs I like better that I want yeah. to recommend. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Track number four, which is called Psalm for the Elks Lodge Last Call. Yeah. I give it three out of five. It's not a bad song. It's just not my favorite. I gave it four to five. I gave it four to five. I'll tell you I can't why. tell 100% of what it's about. It's um, definitely two people like... I would say uh, appreciating each other's company at a bar because maybe it's the last at time the they'll... Elks, at the Elks Is it Lodge. the last time they'll see each other maybe? Or are they just making the most of it just because they see the importance in it? I, I don't really know. I but think I think one, one other thing that, again, going back to that lecture that he gave, he talked about the importance of like community and like uh, small town communities and everything like that. Oh, like the TV and show so, Community. So I, so I think I think the Elks Elks Lodge is like a either a bar or like a place where people normally meet, right? And so I think well, if it's the last call, it's got to be a bar. He talks in, yeah. in the song about the waitresses putting up the chairs and the bottles he broke. Yeah, it's got to be a bar. So it seems as though like these are like two maybe two old guys like passing on that Elks Lodge to like the next generation, because okay. one of the lines uh, he says, "Let the golden oldie station crackle." And come through with the final benediction we'll hum along to before we say goodnight. So like the old golden oldie station, like not new music, old music, seems to imply in a way like a changing changing of the guard or changing of a generation. Nice. So. How perceptive of you. <laughs> Shall we move on to track number five? We may. All right. This song is called A Plea from a Cat Named Vertute. I gave it five out of five and recommended it. Same here. Um, this is the, like I said before, this is the first song I ever heard from the Weaker Thans. Um, it's, it's up there for some, among some of my favorite songs by them. Yeah, I would say so. Um, and it's a story about a depressed man told from the narrative of his house cat. Yes. 
Um, so quite literally, the cat's the one telling the story. Like he talks about how he plays with a piece of string. He yeah. he's uh, doesn't understand why the the person's walking around drinking and watching, watching TV. TV. He's like, let's just well, why don't you play? Me. Yeah. yeah. So it's 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 interesting to hear a cat talk about a depressed person and, and trying to figure it out. Yeah. And he. Uh, it's kind of a good uh, storytelling device. It is because it, it allows you to examine. Something that happens often through a different point of view. Point of view, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the cat repeats often a couple of times, at least that uh, he says, "I know you're strong." Yeah. And that refers to the cat's yeah, name. Strong. Virtute, Virtute is yeah. Latin for strength. Yeah. But also, Virtute is somewhere in the like the slogan or motto from, from Winnipeg, oh, Winnipeg or Winnipeg, Canada yeah. or somewhere. So it's yeah. also a nod to John K. Sampson's hometown. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so a plea from strength. Yeah. So the this depressed man should find the strength. Yeah, should should. It's um, a plea. That's why it's a plea. But this is the first in a series of songs. This uh, the person and the cat come back in three other songs. Yes. On the weaker than's next album, there's a a song called Vertute explains her departure. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that song, Vertute leaves because the depressed guy gets worse even with Vertute's help. So Vertute leaves. Really yep. sad song. It is one of the sadder songs I've ever heard. Um, and one, on John K. Sampson's second solo album, he refers to the owner at a a rehab center. Oh, really? Um, and then on the last song on his solo album, it's called Virtute at Rest, and Virtute is, is now dead, uh, but mm. the owner, I believe, has gotten better. Okay. So it's it's a nice chronicling that he has throughout his career of this cat. Yeah. What a, what a great series of songs. Very cool. Um, my favorite song is the second in the series, uh, yeah. Virtute Explains Her Departure. But this one's still a really good introduction to yeah. the series. Yeah. Great song also. Sure. It's super catchy. It is. Yeah. So even if the the themes and the story don't drive you in so much, the music can because it's really catchy. Yeah. Dope. Dope. Uh, moving on to track number six, which is called Our Retired Explorer, parentheses. Uh, <clears throat> what's that say? Dines with Michael Foucault in Paris. 1961. Yeah, the only reason I, I had to ask you what does that say is because in my handwriting it looks like Drez instead of Dines. Here, take a look at my handwriting. Where is it? You see the the very top? It does not look like Dines. <laughs> it looks like Drez. And I was like, what does that mean? I gave this 5 out of 5 and I recommended it. Oh, okay, I gave it 4 out of 5. It's another um, storytelling device. Yes. Uh, John K. Sampson makes up an encounter between this... Literature explorer kind of guy named Michael Falcult. Falcult. Yeah, I think so. And a unnamed explorer who was on the uh, expedition to Antarctica with Ernest Shackleton. Yeah. Um, do you know much about that? You look like Shackleton. Do you know much about the Shackleton expedition? No, not really. Uh, I, I the Pittsburgh Carnegie Science Center. I watched mm. a movie about Shackleton. Okay. And they, it was a. It was a horrible disaster. Really? They got stuck in the ice and they couldn't, their boats wouldn't budge and they were running out of fuel. At one point in time, they had to eat the dogs. Oh it, my gosh. It, they got that desperate. Eventually, wow. they, they got the boats free and made it back up, but it was not what you would call a successful expedition. Wow. Um, but, anyways, back to this song. Uh, these two are sharing drinks the explorer who was with Shackleton and uh, Michael Foucault, or whatever you want to call him. And they're having a conversation. And uh, John K. Sampson says in an interview that he imagines that the unnamed person has a modernist view, whereas Foucault has a postmodernist view, and how they can't necessarily see each other's point of view, they're still kind of 
yeah. talking about what exploration he, he and whatnot. Mentions a book by Derrid, Derridan. Yeah, like recommending a book or something or giving yeah. it to him. Yeah, Derridan was apparently part of the movement that put postmodernism into effect or yeah. into a wave. Yeah. There's some funny lines in the song too. Yeah. Like uh, the explorer is talking in French because like, obviously they're in Paris. Um, but he just starts out with this line where he says, uh, "Comment allez-vous ce soir? Je suis comme ci comme ça." And he says, "Yes, a penguin taught me French, French <laughs> back in our Antarctica." And I always laugh when I hear that sign, that song, at least that, that line of the song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a really cool song. Um, yeah. I like just it interesting to want to write a song with that specific narrative. Yeah, I know. Very intentional. Yeah, he mentioned in that interview or in that lecture that he was interested in historical fiction. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like what this is. A made up, a fictionalized meeting between these two people. Yeah. On to the next song, track number seven, which is called Time's Arrow. Time's Arrow. I give it three and a half out of five. I give it four to five. Um, it's a slower song and it's about uh, time... Well, per se, in the reversal of time. Yeah, well, apparently it's based on a book. Yeah, it's based on a book of the same name by well, Martin Amos. Yeah. Which chronicles a guy's life in Backwards. reverse chronological order. Death birth, yeah. yeah. Death to birth, yeah. yeah. But that's all I have to say about that song, unless yep. you... All right. On to the next song, which is called Hospital Vespers, in parentheses. I give us four to five, and it's my, another honorable mention for me. Yep. This is the... Uh, the second, second song, song in that set of three. Yeah. So I believe if you have the record and you flip it over, this is the first one. That's a B-side. Yeah. So this song is about the dying man in the hospital again. Mm-hmm. Um, in this one, in the narrative, he, he asks whoever he's with to cover up a camera so he can kneel down and pray. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the Vespers comes from. I like the first line. The doctors played your dosage like a card trick. Mm-hmm. But also and when he's saying... down the hallway yelling Yahtzee. While he's saying that, though, the chords are kind of yeah, like like coming in backwards. In and, and his voice has some effect that kind of makes it a little drowsy sounding. Yeah. But also, when I think of the backwards chords, it make, it kind of harkens back to the previous song about backwards time. Maybe yeah. there there's a reference there. Maybe, Maybe. I'm stretching it. Who knows? Um, but I, I I think it's a cool song and it mm-hmm. fits the same uh, uh, structure as the first song. Yeah. Moving on to track number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Um, number nine. This song is called Uncorrected Proofs. Uncorrected Proofs. Yeah, I gave it a four out of five. I gave it a five out of five and recommended it. Whoa, that surprises me. This is me. my fourth recommendation, um, by the way. This song speeds up a bit. And it sounds yeah. like it might be about loneliness, regret, perhaps. Um, I think so. Uh, you remember proofs? In, yeah, in math, in class? math class. Yeah, where you have to prove how you got your answer. Yeah, it's stupid. I hate proofs. Yeah. Uh, so these are so. Un- so think about the idea of uncorrected proofs. Yeah. Right, and that's kind of what this song is about. Is about uh, like doing the same thing over and over again without like justifying what you're doing. Sounds Even, like craziness to me. Yeah. So the, the line that I like from this song is a. Uh, Read it to yourself again. The stories always end the same. He can't stay and she won't run. And fear is where they're calling from. So the idea that, like, the same, the same, you're telling the, yourself the same story over and over again. And it's just going to keep any the same way. So yeah. they're uncorrected proofs. Makes so sense. Like, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, what is that? What's that one uh, line? An insane person is someone who does the. Insanity is somebody who does the same thing over and over again and expects, expects different, different results. results. Yeah. yeah, so that's why I like that song. It's a good I song. It. And and I also recommend it because it is faster. And yeah, it does. They pick really, up the speed a little really bit there. Like the music a lot in it too. Yeah. Moving on to track number ten, which is called yes. "A New Name for Everything." I gave it three out of five. I gave it four point five out of five. Much more country sounding than any other song on the record. 
Um, yeah, I like it. There's a lot of slide guitar up in here. Yeah. The reason... I'm not as familiar with this song because on my CD there must be a scratch or something. It, it starts oh, to really? it starts to skip a little bit and then eventually it just bumps you to the next song. Oh, so I, okay. I haven't listened to this one nearly as much as I've listened to the rest of the album. It's not yeah, bad. I just that's good. Yeah, I like it a lot. And do you have anything else to say about it? No. It's a nice change of pace, but that's that's about it. Yeah. Moving on to track number eleven, which is called "One Great City." I gave it five out of five, and it's my last recommendation. I gave it a five out of five as well, but I can't give five recommendations. I mean, you could. It's our pod. It's our own podcast. You do yeah. whatever you want. And this is basically an ode to Winnipeg. Quite literally, the the good and the bad. Yeah. Um. the The title comes from a sign that's outside of Winnipeg, like a welcome sign. Yeah. Um. And at, I guess at some point in time after the recording of this album, they changed the title uh, yeah, on the, the welcome heart, sign. Part of the continent. Part of the continent. Like and so he wrote a wrote a song that's titled that on his first solo album. It's kind of like a part two to this song. Yeah. Um, I like the picking pattern on this song. It's real simple, real nice, yeah. very folky. Um, and they they kind of talk about like how they like he like wants to like Winnipeg, but there's all these like negative things and like yeah, boring, dreary. Like a yeah, a darker shade is moving through the lighter one. Like yeah. as the, that's the sky. Um, just all kind of like dreary, dreary things. things. And the refrain that keeps coming back at the end of the chorus is "I hate Winnipeg." I hate. Winnipeg. Winnipeg. But it's such a catchy song. It really is, yeah. yeah. I love it. Moving on? Moving on. To track number 12, which is called Benediction. Benediction. Good I song. I gave it 3 out of 5. It's slower, and there's Sly Guitar again. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I still, like, this whole... I, I like this whole album a lot. Like, there's not a song that I skip, ever, if I'm listening to it. The only one I ever skip is track number 10, because my CD player automatically <laughs> skips it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like this song. It's a good song, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't have too much to say about it. Yeah. Moving on to track number 13, which is called The Prescience? Prescience? What, 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 Persi- Persiance. Prescience? Prescience. Whatever. Sh- sound. Prescience? Sound. Prescience that is of Dawn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I learned a new word. I looked up Persians. the word. I did not look up the word. I just wrote it's, it down uh, and hoped that I would say it right. It'll make sense uh, why the song is called The Prescience of Dawn. After I give you the definition of Persians. Okay, what's that mean? I believe I'm saying Persians, right? <laughs> anyway, Persians is the uh, is the knowing that something's going to happen before it happens. Okay, so like you know the sun's going to rise tomorrow. Like pre-science. Pre-science. <laughs> I don't know. That's what uh, <laughs> like that's what I thought of it as. I was like, hmm, think about it as like pre-science. I gave it three and a half out of five. I didn't rate these last ones because. I was just gonna say four to five. Lazy. That's time. why. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, but so this you, has a really different feel from everything else on the album. Yeah, too. it does. I, it almost like with the intro, it sounds like it's gonna be a fast song, and then it like kind of I don't want to say sludges, but it like he drops back in speed, and it like it's really like yeah slow but heavy and like really kind of melancholy. Yep. And I believe that's because this song implies the prescience of death. Yeah. The ever comes about. The fact that we know we're going to die. And which eventually. is the main reoccurring theme on this album with yeah, the, so, those yeah. three songs and re- the title track yep. and with the next track. Yeah, so if you think about it through the eyes of that one guy in the hospital. Yeah. The Persians of Death. Death is coming. It's coming, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, the next song is the last song. It's track number 14. It's called Post Due in parentheses. Past Due? Past Due, I'm sorry. Uh, my handwriting again. Um, and I gave it <laughs> yeah. four out of five, and it's my last honorable mention. Okay. It's, it's, like I said, it's that last song in that set of three where they all have the same vocal melody. They're all iambic pentameter. They all focus around that dying patient in the hospital. Yeah, uh, he has already passed on during this song. Yeah, and uh, John K. Sampson just kind of talks about like 
death and rituals and all kind of things. Like he's talking about the like reading the obituaries and how it really doesn't encapsulate the like how a person is. Yeah. Um, it doesn't encapsulate all those little things that they've done through their lives yeah. that have meant a lot to so many people. Like the the people who truly know them like the, the, know all these little things that you'd never find in an obituary. Yeah. Um, but there's also uh, later on in the song he talks about like the person who's I guess writing the song and who knew the person who passed on mm-hmm. like has like borrowed a book or has an unsigned check from them. Yeah. And how it might seem like it's like a, a reminder of the pain, but maybe it's more of a blessing because you have those things to remember. Yeah, to remember. So that it's person just a duality, maybe you know. Yeah. It's a nice uh, sentiment of yeah. the death that there's always going to be that that fear towards death, but there's you know there's always something to remember, and everyone shares. That experience, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, all in all, this is all a great all, album. All in all, it's a fantastic album. Yeah. And, Super uh, well written. The, um, rest I, of, the rest of their catalog is also fantastic. Yeah. My favorite album is the album that came after this called Reunion Tour. But yeah. every every album by them is worth checking out. Yeah, uh, I think they get better with each album. Yeah, uh, in all I honesty. Mean, I think they're great. Yeah, they are great. They're very different from Propaganda, who John Cassius yes. has started with. They are very different from yeah. Propaganda. If you listen to their album, Less Talk, More Rock, you can hear two songs that John K. Sampson sings on. Mm. It's just funny to hear them. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about this beer? Um, you know what? It's still good. It's still good. I, I guess before we finish these, uh, just a reminder for what we'll be reviewing next week. It's back to a regular edition of the podcast back to regular scheduled programming um, jesse has for some reason recommended this album called what's it called surrounded 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 by richard richard buckner, buckner. yeah for some for reason some reason who knows yeah i've been listening to it a couple times through and that's what i keep asking myself <laughs> for some reason he recommended this <laughs> maybe it's because i like it well it could be the reason i don't know <laughs> could be the reason tune in next week to find out <laughs> And what uh, are you supposed to be listening to? Uh, Some forty one, their album, uh, all, all filler, ki- all killer, no filler, <laughs> all killer, no filler. Which is actually kind of funny. In one interview, like way later on in their career, where uh, their singer Derek Wibley's kind of reflecting on their catalog, he's like, "That title is a lie because most of that is filler. We we were trying to just write songs real quick because we blew the advance on a lot of alcohol and parties." <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. Classic. That is really funny. Yeah. Oh so uh, we'll, we'll review those next weekend. We'll have two separate beers to try as opposed to this week where we just had the, the Unibrow. Yeah, the Unibeer. Yeah, One but, beer. Uh, it's going to be kind of like, I guess these two weeks are going to be themed together because this week we had a Canadian beer and, and, and a Canadian, a Canadian artist and we're wearing hockey jerseys right now. And <laughs> next week we both are reviewing Canadian artists and so we'll I probably guess, be wearing hockey jerseys. I guess we're going to have to find another Canadian beer. We'll see. We'll see what we can do. Yeah. Anything is possible. If you just believe. Yeah. So let's uh, finish our beers and sign off. Yep. Uh, just one other quick note. You can yeah. check us out on oh, good thinking. Instagram, uh, or Twitter, Twitter, Facebook. Facebook. Uh, we have an email, which is americanbruisandtunes at gmail.com. gmail.com. Or you can go website. to our website, which is bruiseandtunespodcast.com. Dot com. Uh, check us out. Send us a line. Let us know if you like the podcast. Or just say how you guys doing. Yeah. If you don't like the podcast, let us know either. We'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoy it. Share it with your friends. Yeah, listen, subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts or something. Give us or a review. On, yeah, or on whatever. Stitcher, whatever you want to do. SoundCloud. Anyways, uh, time like to we finish this. Say before we finish our beers. Beer. That was a good beer. It was, yeah, I think I'll have another. It was a little, uh, little sedimenty at the bottom, but that's yeah. always a nice treat. A nice extra flavor. Addition. 
Anyways, my name is Steven Johnson. And my name is Jesse Ty... Titus. Okay. Alright, we're the tunes! <laughs> Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song. It's a good song, just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity be